0: Okay, so we're doing a series called Staying in Love. Now, we all know how easy it is to fall in love. And most of you, if you're married today, you remember those days, those ancient days long ago where you fell in love, and now you're in the reality of your fifth, 20th year of marriage. And so you don't feel like you're falling in love all over again because this series is quite important on how to stay in love with your spouse. And so, these are the stats of our country. The national average for divorce is 50%. One out of two. Right? That's not good odds. Uh, The divorce rate for your second marriage is 67%. The reason why it's higher is because people fall in love again, but they just don't change. It's easy to fall in love, but it's harder to stay in love. And then the third... The marriage, obviously, is 74 is a little higher again. There's no problem of love. There's no problem of falling in love. If you're looking for a partner, you can go online. There's 1,500,000 websites to find you someone that you'll fall in love with. That's easy. All you need is a pulse. And so, um, I want you to repeat something after me. Okay? Falling in love requires a pulse. Falling in love requires a pulse. Staying in love requires a plan. Staying
1: in love
0: requires a plan. But I gotta feel it, okay? You're gonna be one of these guys, right? Be careful, okay? Anyone can fall in love, and you know, we do that. We fall in love with people on TV. You know, we watch these shows and see see that guy on TV. He's good looking, his teeth are straight and white. He's saying all these romantic things to his actress partner, and you're like, why is it my marriage like that? I love you. I love him. And we buy posters. And we lay in our bed. The poster is there. And, he's, you know, as kids, we're doing it all the time. We always fall in love with something. And, uh, you know, whether it's a movie star, a singer, an athlete. But we all want to believe in our heart of hearts. We want to believe that this is possible. But sometimes we look at the stats and go on. It's hard. And my parents were divorced. It's much easier to fall than stay. So last week we looked at making love a verb. And we looked at two kinds of different people, a man and a woman, how they interact. And I'm going to show, I showed a video last week, but I'm going to show it again this week because it, it got such a great buzz. And for those who are visiting for the first time in this, this series, I wanted to show you this video uh, so we can uh, get an insight into the dynamics of a man and a woman.
1: you know? And sometimes it feels like it's right up on me, and I can just feel it, like literally feel it in my head, and it's relentless. And I don't know if it's going to stop. I mean, that's the thing that scares me the most, is that I don't know if it's ever going (laughs) to (laughs) stop. Yeah. (laughs) You do have a male... It's not about the nail. Are you sure? Because, I mean, that, if we got that out of there. Stop okay. trying to fix it. No, I'm not trying to fix it. I'm just pointing out that maybe the nail is causing... You always do this. You always try to fix things when what I really need is for you to just listen. See, I don't think that is what you need. I think what you need is to get the nail See, you not listening now. Okay, fine. I will listen. Fine. It's just... Sometimes it's like there's this achy... I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't speak it very well at all, and all no, my sweaters are snagged. I mean, all of them.
0: It's not so much about the feel, it's about the do. Doing things in your relationship with your spouse is one of the how-tos how to stay in love with each other. The how-tos. One is listening and, 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 and relating and, and saying, wow, that's really hard. Versus saying, take that thing out of your head and you'll feel better. Give me the remote. Um, you know. And last we talked about the amazing role model That Jesus was. He said, love each other the way I have loved you. And He laid down our life for us. And that is the pattern. So, this week, we're going to turn your Bibles to Philippians chapter 2. And we're going to go into the next lesson, which is entitled, Remodeling. Remodeling your current situation. You know, when you live in a house for a while and and things become old and crickety, at first it it was nice, it was glamorous, it was new, but over time, things just get old. And sometimes it's time for a remodel. You know, I I remodeled my drywall because (laughs) water ruined it, so I remodeled it. And I'm still working on my floors. Okay, so do nothing. It says in Philippians 2, verse 3. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit but in humility, consider others better than yourself. You know, what, what do nothing out of me. The things that motivate us to be selfish. You know, if I were to think about things that motivate me to be selfish is my TV shows. I mean, I can, I can just look on my little DVR. I have 15, 20 shows that I need to watch. And I can come home from after a long day... I just say you know all I want to do is watch the Vikings for 4 hours. Or I want to watch, you know, this history channel show. I want to watch this show. Um, I want to watch Restaurant Impossible. I want to watch I want to watch these things and I could sit in my TV for hours and just forget about everything and everybody else. Very easy to do. So the things that motivate me myself is hey, look, listen. We got to start doing things that we have to consider of our partner. We got to consider What do they need? And I'm not talking just to guys, ladies. I'm talking to the ladies too. What does your spouse need? It says, in my version it says, Rather in humility, value others above yourself. Another verb, to value. You know, um, act as if your partner is of greater value than you. Acting that way. Behaving that way. She's of greater value. This morning, most men did that. For those of you who made your wife breakfast or brought her breakfast or, or planned to take her to somewhere to take care of her, well done, sir. This morning I got up and made egg and cheese. Wow. With the kids and Karen likes it in a tortilla. So we got, got it. She likes salsa in there, in and wrapped around. And we did that for her this morning. We made cards for her last night and we gave her this morning. It was awesome. She was so encouraged. Tomorrow, I don't know what it's going to look like. <laughs> but today was an awesome day. And it's that mindset of living that way for your partner. That, that's the kind of plan you need to stay in love. Okay? I want to show you a video of a song that I saw on the, in the internet that I liked. Uh, before I, I show you this, think about you being around a person that you thought was more important than you. Think about the person right now that you've had interaction with, you 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 know, you bumped into, and you go, this person's more important than me. Being right wasn't the priority. No. When I'm around someone more important than me, I go on, I defer. Oh yeah, that's great. Yes, the sky's purple. Of course it's purple, because you think it's purple. It's purple. I defer to them almost always because I respect, I value them, I see them as more important. So I I don't talk about me trying to be right over them because I value them. And so in a relationship, and this lesson is about, your relationship must come before your rights. It must come before your rank and title. Your relationship has to come before those things. So I, I found this funny video. I wanted to show it to you. It's a song. It's called the wife's song. So this is for the brothers to know what not to say to your wife.
1: say to your wife. I plan a hunting trip next week on your birthday. I didn't ask you, but I knew it'd be okay. Go make some dinner while I watch this fishing show. To do it. Solo, a key. Your cooking is okay, but not like mother makes. Oh. The diamond in the ring I bought you is a fake. <laughs>
0: Well done, sir. Well done. Well done. Those are the things you don't say to your wife. In other words, you have to behave as if you're still in awe of your husband and or your wife. In awe. You have to behave that way. When your wife was walking down the aisle, that was not a problem for you because you were in love. She, you were, you were awestruck. Three years later, you're not as awestruck. And the secret to staying in love is you have to behave as if you're in awe. Because what happens is you start falling out of love. Because the things you did at first is what your, what your spouse fell in love with. And when you stop doing the things you did at first you start to erode your relationship. You know, I told you last week that Karen's like, hey, we haven't gone on a date in three years. I said, dating is over. It's over. We're married now. We don't go on dates. That's what I told her. We don't go on We're married. That's before you get married. And I told her, I cannot even fit in my schedule. There's no way I can fit a date in our schedule. I have too much to do. There's, it's impossible. And that's literally what I told Karen. It can't happen. Then she kept saying it and saying it. And she kept telling brothers to tell me. And I'm like, I don't even have the time, guys. Come on. And then I finally did it. And I haven't stopped doing it since. We rarely miss a week of spending time together. You know, you have to ascribe a value to your wife. What is your most valuable possession? Treat her as such. Treat your spouse as such. Your most valuable possession. She or he is my most valuable possession. That's got to be part of your plan. If you're solely relying on your emotions to carry the day, you're going to be a statistic. You'll be a stat. Because sometimes your emotions don't carry the day. It's what you do. It's the self-sacrifice of your love that makes it happen. Jesus was not feeling like He wanted to die on the cross. We know that in the garden, He didn't want to do it at all. He wasn't feeling it. But we know He loves us because He did something even though He didn't feel it. And our society likes to tell you, you have to feel it in order to be true. That's baloney. That is not true. It's your actions that express your love as you stay in love. It's the things you do that help you stay in love. Not necessarily your feelings. And once you do things, you know what happens? You start feeling it. When Karen, when I come and Karen does something loving and thoughtful, I'm going like, Yeah, I married the right woman. And when I do that to her, she's like, Oh, you're so amazing. I mean, we start to feel the love once we start doing something about our relationship. You know? It's not that we don't know how to do it. It's just that we don't verb it. You've got to make love a verb that was last week. And this week, you've got to put your relationship before your own rights, before your own rank. You know, Guys got to do things that may be beneath your rank. Consider, each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests. Now I'm going to give us context. I know that I used this last week, but I'm going to give us context today about this passage and what it means. This is about mutually submitting to each other. And last week I made a statement to all the single people. If you are involved with someone that does not understand this, do not get married. Do not do that. Because you will end up in statistics. Your marriage will not make it if you don't understand these concepts. It's very hard to do that. Very hard to be happy. Co- it takes mutually submitting to each other. So, look down in verse in verse five of, of the same chapter, of Philippians two. In your lives, you must think and act like Christ. He's given us context to saying, "Hey, don't be selfish. Consider others." And, and, and he gives us the context. He gives us the reason why. He gives us a, a, an explanation of why we're to do that. In your lives, you have to think and you have to act like Jesus. You must do that. It's an imperative. Your significant other is that one another. It's the same mindset, the same perspective to every relationship that you hold dear. You gotta think, you gotta act like Christ. You gotta make a break from what you saw your mama do. Or your daddy did. I saw my dad do things that I thought I could bring into my marriage. One of those things was sitting at the table at dinner and having everything arrive at your disposal. Forks, water, beer, food. And he would eat, and he would get up, and he would leave. I saw that for years. I thought, that's the kind of marriage I want right there. (laughs) And I, lo and behold, being a disciple, having the Holy Spirit, having God the man in my life, who gave me counseling, I tried that. I sat at my table waiting for Karen to bring me everything. and Karen's can to help me in the kitchen? I said, no, I'm supposed to wait for the food to come. <laughs> Karen's like, no. That is not happening. You have to help me. And so when I didn't listen, she called three or four brothers They surrounded me and said, bro, you can't be doing that to your wife. You cannot bring Ecuador into America. That's not going to work. It's not going to work. This is you mustn't think and act like Christ, who—that's Jesus, being in very nature God—did not consider equality with God something to be used to His own advantage, even though He was really more important than everyone, everybody else. He didn't go around leveraging that. Okay. To the husbands who work and wives don't work as much. You cannot go around leveraging your wife saying, You have it good. I make the money. I earn the bread. You will not be in love for very long. If you're leveraging your rank, your salary, what you do, and you're ranking your wife with it, saying you should be happy. Jesus, who being very nature God did not consider equality with God. He didn't treat you that way. He didn't leverage his own rank against us. He never pulled rank. You know pulling rank when the guys say, Hey, 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 I'm the head of the household. Hey, God made, I didn't write the scriptures. I didn't write them. But God said, I'm the boss. (laughs) Mutual submission, remember that? Mutual submission. He did not use it to his own advantage. My dad used that. My dad would come home, and that's why he sat at the table, and that's why he expected to be served, because without me, you have nothing. Is what he'd tell my mom. And my mom turned off the stove, walked away, and went to the room, and we were like, Where's mom? Where's the food? Dad's like, I don't know. What's happening? She just shut off the stoves and went away. My mom was a baller. She would not let you treat her. She'd walk away and starve us for a week. We're like, my dad's buying a hamburgers for dinner. He's out buying stuff. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know what my dad does now today? My dad washes dishes. He's working in his little ministry and he's working it. Give me your plates, give me your plates. My dad has evolved into someone else because my mom would not put up with it. My mom on two occasions in my life, living in her house, two occasions says, I am leaving your father. And I'm like, Eight years old. Like, mom, I'm not a therapist here. I'm eight years old. Why are you telling me this? My older brother Danny's just crying. "Ah! Ah!" And I'm like, and I I was like, if you leave, you will no longer be my mother. You better stay here. And she's like, and she stayed. And she did it again when I was like 40. I was like, all right, I'll talk to dad. Dad, you gotta love mom. You gotta love her, but you gotta do things for her. You gotta take her on a date and spend some money on her. My dad, my dad would not take her on a date, but he'd take his friends out and spend hundreds of dollars on dinner for his friends, but wouldn't take my mom on them going, Dad, you gotta change this, bro. Yeah. You gotta change this. I know you don't believe in divorce, but this is gonna turn into complete misery yeah. if you don't fix this. He did not use it to his own advantage. Rather, rather. His rank. Him being better than us. Him being more important than you or me. Rather, He made Himself nothing. Coming home, after earning all the bread and all the money, you make yourself nothing if you want to be like Jesus. Because He says, you have to think and act like Jesus. Well, making yourself nothing is a verb. you got to make yourself nothing. For a lot of us guys, it's hard to do, huh? Because we, we think we're somebody. At work, we are somebody. At work, we're smart. People respect us. And we, we don't come in with a nothing attitude. But I, I, I appeal to you. If you go into work humble, people will admire you. Yeah. And respect you. And like, would love to work with you. Okay? Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. This is what he did. He did. Jesus is more important than you, has higher rank than you, has more authority than you, is, is, has no sin, and yet He came down and He made Himself nothing. And one of the secrets to staying in love is to make yourself nothing in your life as you view your spouse. That I'm not more important. Our relationship is more important than my rank and then my salary, than my, my position, my knowledge, my education, my master's, my PhD. This relationship is more important than what I've accomplished. That's how you verb it. That's how you put relationship before your rank. He made himself nothing. He emptied himself, it says here. He used all that potential for the benefits of others. Using all your potential and your smarts and your knowledge to enhance and enrich your marriage—the greatest gift you can ever give your kids—is a great marriage. I grew up with a very insecure kid, uh, obviously eight years old. Mom wants to leave dad. She's telling me about this. Super insecure. So, so much. Where I, I didn't even want to get married. I was not planning on getting married. Then I became a Christian. And I said, and I said, I don't know if I can still get married because I don't know if I can do it. I've seen too many ugly things i seen my mom slap my dad. I've seen it all. I've seen dad on the couch many nights when I woke up. What are you doing here? You he would never tell me. Now when I'm older, I know why you're on the couch, brother. I know why you're on the couch. And being found in appearance as a human being, he humbled himself. Say, even as he became human, He still humbled himself. He was God, King of Kings. He had the right, the rank, the authority. And then he became human. And then he still humbled himself. He still did it. Because he was human. I will still humble myself. He wasn't like, I'm human, but I'm the best human. He wasn't like that. I'm human, but I am the most elite human possible you can ever be. He wasn't like that. And a lot of times in our marriage, we don't come in that way. We come in with it, I have my rights. I have my needs. I have my wishes. And if they're not met, there's going to be problems in this relationship. That's how sometimes we enter marriage. And we come home and we've been married. And we've gotten this pattern. That's what we do. She better act right, but I don't necessarily have to really act right. But if you both did it, imagine what your marriage would look like. If you both came in that way. Both had it. That's why it's important for you, those who are single to choose your partner wisely. Be smart. You know, if you want to date a Christian girl, one of the things I always want to know is, do they have their quiet times? Do they read their Bible and pray? That's the fi- that's the basic fundamental. If they're doing that, okay, maybe there's a possibility there. But if they're cute, they're funny, they're kiss they're dynamic, they can do this or that, and they don't read their Bible, oh boy. I can tell you, a lot of brothers, married women, were like, we're like ah, blah, 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 and they were reading their Bible they got married and they're like what happened here I said sorry baby you are locked in you're a Christian because once you put it on you're in like Flynn you're in it forever you're a Christian you cannot break this it's over so if you're single choose wisely choose wisely he placed himself he laid himself he laid his, his rights aside he laid them aside he submitted he submitted These are the things that Jesus did. And you know why He did them? You know why He did that? So He can have a relationship with you. That's why He did it. So when He challenges you to do it, He's challenging you from a place of example. I've done it. I'm doing it. Here it is. If you want a healthy, stay-in-love marriage, humble yourself. Lower your rights. Put your relationship before your rights. Lay your rights aside. He... He humbled himself by, this is, this, is, this is the one of the most powerful phrases in the Bible. This is how he humbled himself. What was, the example he, 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 what was the example he showed us of humbling himself? By becoming obedient to death. Even death on a cross. That's how humble he was. That's how far he took it. He took his at this attitude is I want a relationship so bad with them. I am willing to lay aside my rights, my authority, and become obedient to dying and dying on the cross for you. And this is the example. This is one of the secret sauce components of having a marriage where you're in love. Where your kids actually see my parents are in love. Love. Because you cannot fool kids; they know when the parents aren't in love. They know it. As well, you try to dress it up and put like little potpourri on it. They know. They know what it looks like. And if you're if you're wise, what I do, I ask my kids, "How are mommy and I doing?" And they always mention this fight on Christmas. Eve or something, (laughs) it was mention. it's like, that was two years ago, anything recent, (laughs) where Mary Karen and I got a big old fight, and the kid's like, ah, that was just crazy in our house, Latin drama, at its peak, and the kids refer to that every time, like, well on Christmas you guys almost fight every year, I'm like, well I'm what about after Christmas, like, no you guys are pretty good, but on Christmas though, (laughs) they're very particular, Jesus took it. He took it as far as it could be taken. And He's calling us to do the same. You got married because you fell in love. And maybe right now you're not feeling in love. Take this principle into your marriage today. Put your relationship before your rights. You know what sisters can be, women can be? Oh, I deserve a date. Yes, you do. But put your relationship first before your rights. Oh, I deserve to be spoken to you respectfully. You're right, you do. Put your relationship first. If you're married to a non-Christian, the Bible says, let your life shine. Let your, let your spirit shine in that relationship where, where he's like, whoa, you're a, I'm a jerk and you're awesome. Where he comes to go, I'm a fool and you're amazing. That's what the Bible says. Christ Jesus had a dilemma. In, in, the, in the Garden of Gethsemane, Gethsemane, he was praying to God saying, I don't want to die. He had a dilemma. He could maintain his rights, get what he deserved, or he could subordinate all of that for your need and my need for a Savior. Which paved the way for a relationship he could have with you. Christ's desire, Jesus' desire to enter into a relationship with you took precedence over his own rights, rank, and respect. He could not have it both ways. He couldn't keep his rights and his rank and yet have a relationship with you. He could not do that. So it was a dilemma. He had to choose which one. Do I want to maintain my right or subordinate myself? But I can't have it both ways. He can get not what he deserved and get you. And you cannot do the same either. I can't do the same. I have to choose. Your marriage may be in a dilemma right now. And you may have to choose. Do you want your rights? Or do you want to have a relationship? I mean, you can win arguments. Karen's a debater. But I'm pretty good myself. And sometimes she'll win and I'll walk away mad. Sometimes I'll want to win and I'll make sure I win because I won't stop talking. I can prove my point, she can prove her point, she can have her way, I can have my way, and I can destroy our relationship, or I can make my partner my wife a priority. I can subordinate, or we can subordinate our ranks to each other. We can change our mind, we can change and subordinate our rank and, and the demands of respect. The second thing I I point out in this passage is that to refuse to submit, to refuse to, to imitate this, is a demand more for ourselves than what Jesus demanded for Himself. To refuse to submit is to demand more of ourselves than Jesus demanded for Himself. And to refuse to submit to one another shows How ungrateful we can become in our relationship with God. Staying in love. Falling in love. People divorce and fall in love again like that, but they don't change. And they bring those same attitudes into their new marriage and it fails again. And people try for the third time and they fall in love again, but they don't change. And the secret sauce from lesson number one was make love a verb. The secret sauce for two for staying in love is to put your relationship before your rights. To all the mothers, I say, happy Mother's Day. Thank you for birthing man. You've done a great thing for God and this earth. And men, to you I say, honor your wives. Not just today, because today everyone did it. But do it tomorrow come home tomorrow and humble yourself from work and say, honey, I, I'm, what, can I do? what can I do to serve? What can I do to help? Yes, yes, I know you're tired, guys. I know you work 40 hours and you're exhausted. But Jesus became obedient to death, even death on a cross. You haven't shed blood yet at work. Okay, you haven't shed blood. We can do this, guys. Enjoy your afternoon, guys. I love you. Thanks for your time.